right. How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to innovative founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm so thrilled to be talking to Joshua Browder, who is the creator and the founder of Do Not Pay. Joshua, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you coming on and appreciate you building this, probably one of the coolest products I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, for, for people that are listening who, who don't know what Do Not Pay is, can you give everyone a um, kind of an idea of what you're working on? Sure. So the way I describe it is the kind of the world's first robot lawyer. And what it means is it's an app and a website that helps you fight back against the corporations and governments when they're charging you unnecessary fees um, or um, exploiting you. It started three years ago helping people get out of their parking tickets and has since expanded to over 50 different features. For example, canceling your free trials, getting you out of DMV paperwork, all of this stuff where it's so expensive to hire a lawyer, but you still need someone to fight on your corner. It's such a cool, cool idea in that it's, it's these annoying things that, that, as you just said, you know, it's expensive to fight, but it needs to get done. How, how did you know that you could do this, you could solve all the problems through technology? I guess I'd love to hear a little bit of the backstory on, on how, you, how you were able to fight parking tickets and now how you're able to fight, to fight all these different things with governments and corporations. So this company came out of a personal problem. Uh, I was getting a huge number of parking tickets when I started driving. I think I accumulated about 30 tickets in total. And I obviously didn't have the money to pay for these really expensive tickets. I, this was back in the UK, so they're like 100 pounds, which is $150. And so I was doing some research online, and it turns out that 50% of all parking tickets can be appealed and you can get out of them. And so I got all of these obscure government documents together and realized that there are these top reasons why parking tickets are canceled, like the signage is uh, not to standards or the parking bay is legally too small. And I was writing the same letter over and over again for myself and my friends. And as a software engineer, it became clear that this can so easily be automated. And, and you've ran very far you know, ever since with, with this app. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to dive into... A few of the use cases, I, I recently downloaded it and am, am exploring, and you can do so many different things with this app, and it does feel like my, my lawyer kind of in my pocket. What are some of, the, what's, what are some of your favorite features um, that you've built into Do Not Pay? So I love all the features equally, but one feature I really like is yesterday we um, launched this thing called Skip Waiting on Hold, and uh, what it does is it calls you back, so you never have to wait on hold with a big company. And in addition to that, it actually tricks the company into thinking that you're a premium customer so you get to a representative faster. And finally, on top of all of those things, it, um, if the big company is exploiting you or you're unhappy with what they're saying, you can one tap, press record, and share whatever they're saying with the world. And so we've seen situations where big companies, they like to operate in the darkness. For example, airlines charging huge fees during natural disasters or Comcast making it too hard to cancel. And so in addition to being very useful, we think this will add a lot of transparency to these uh, unfair business practices. I have to ask, how can you trick these corporations and these companies into thinking that the people calling are premium customers or, or higher level customers through, through do not pay. 
So there are these secret phone lines where if you're like Marriott Gold, uh, they actually give you a secret number. But of, of course, that's just a phone number and anyone can dial it. And so we've uh, paid people to scout the web and find all these numbers for the big companies. I'll be honest. I've interviewed uh, over 30 uh, you know, founders of really cool, cool products. But I think I can say with confidence that this might be one of the the, the coolest products ever built. I I'm, I have to I have to ask. You know, you said you started this about three years ago. I, I can only guess that this is spreading rapidly through word of mouth. Like I'm kind of curious, how are you getting the word out about Do Not Pay, and what's kind of the growth been like as it solves such a core problem to every single person on this planet? Yeah. So the growth has been huge. Um, We've had a free product for about three years, and that free product, I would say, has touched a million people. Um, however, just a few months ago, we launched our first paid product, which is $3 a month. And you know, our customer base, they don't want to pay for things, so that's growing, but obviously not as much as the free product. But um, this is a huge problem that everyone has. I've seen homeless people use our product, and I've seen billionaires use our product, and everyone in between, it seems like it's a universal need. It's very surprising that a company like this hasn't existed in the past or and been as big as like some of the big mobile apps. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that that we're trying to resolve. Yeah, that's fascinating. Something I wanna dive into when I was when I was looking through the app, there's a section on it that that uh, said something along the lines of just uh, yeah, find hidden money. Uh, we find free money for you um, just as a as a user and as a as a customer now of do not pay I'd love to know how you like how, how the feature of find hidden money works uh, for future uh, you know for future reasons <laughs> yeah so a lot of people come to do not pay with a problem like a parking ticket but a lot of our users are just exploring like you are and that catches a lot of their interest because what we can do is even if you have no issue we can still find refunds for you and the biggest example, I suppose, is bank fee refunds. In the U.S., more money is spent on eight, um, overdraft fees than all election spending combined, $50 billion a year. And a lot of that can be appealed. So if you choose that feature, for example, it can look at your connected accounts and say, uh, oh, this $40 overdraft fee can be appealed um, and get that back for you. So it's really about finding money that you didn't even know you were owed. Yeah, very cool, very cool. I'd love to know, um, you know, you, you, I'd love to know where you're headed with this. Um, you know, what's the, uh, let's say, 10 years from now, what, what do you think Do Not Pay could turn into and what does the world look like when, you know, X million amount of people, you know, have a robot, or have a lawyer, you know, in their pocket? I think at the base level, it would be amazing if we had millions of people subscribing to it, fighting for their rights, skipping, waiting on hold, all of our great products that even exist today. But one of the interesting things that could happen if you have millions of people using a product like this is it's like a consumer union. We have labor unions where uh, lots of uh, workers gather together to negotiate. Why not have a consumer union where um, we could say for our 5 million customers to Comcast, you better start giving our customers discounts or treating our customers better or we'll just mass switch everyone to your competitor. And so that's where we're trying to go with this, build up this massive amount of leverage to give people the ability to fight back. And is there a moment that you can imagine where you, you, you win, like enough people have to not pay that the power, the power is with the people? 
And um, do you imagine what the, what that looks like, and uh, what you would what you would keep building? Like, do you, and also what, one one question, kind of on top of that, is: Do you see this expanding to different legal realms to cover uh, other areas that lawyers would traditionally do, but could still be automated? So I think that um, do not pay is really focused on mass market problems, and so we will tackle any legal issue that's really mass market. We've looked at things like divorce and marriage, but unfortunately, the court system, you still have to go to court, so it's very hard to represent people online. But we're definitely looking at as, to trying to do everything that a normal person would want. Obviously, if you're being accused of murder, an app probably can't help you. Mm -hmm. but, uh, we have a list of 50 different products that we haven't even launched yet that could take us well into the next year of launches. So it's a really exciting company to be a founder of because it's just unlimited opportunity. I'm sure you could think of a huge number of problems yourself. Absolutely. I, I, are, are you open to diving into some of the future uh, features that you want to add into it or is it top secret until they're launched? Uh, we like to keep to keep things like relatively secret, but one of the things we have launching is something that can help you understand all of the agreements you've signed, all of the benefits around certain credit cards and things like that. But that's as, as far as I'll go. Absolutely, that that sounds useful to me. And I, uh, a couple more questions, uh, just about the the nature of of it. It do you when you think of other companies in this space like are there any other companies in this space or like are you competing with just all is the true competition just all the corporations and it's almost going to battle against them for the consumers you know for the users i guess who like what space would you call this or is it a space that you're making up you know every day yeah it's a growing space with lots of companies trying to compete um going back to the earlier point of why this company doesn't yet exist a lot of people have tried it, and I think their biggest mistake is they focus just on one area. So you might think uh, that I'm crazy doing all of these products. The typical company just does one product and grows it and then eventually does adjacent products. But the problem is not a, one, a product on its own is not big enough in this space to get people's attention. For example, there was a company in the past, it's called Service, I think they might have shut down, that helps you get delayed flight compensation. And... Uh, the problem with that is the average American only travels once or twice a year. And so there's not enough um, pull to download an app. But our approach is if we have 100, maybe one day, 1,000 different services, there is that monthly or even weekly usage that does justify the app. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And it's very smart targeting all these different use cases because it also makes it really sticky and harder to get off in the future, which is great. Something I'm curious about is um, the design of the app is is incredible. It's very user friendly. It is, I, I would say, much better than average. Um, are you also the the designer? Um, and if not, the designer on your team. Like, how did you guys think about de developing the UX for for this robotic or for this uh, lawyer in an app? Uh, so unfortunately, it's not me. I can't take the credit. We have this amazing designer called Alex. Um, in terms of how we think about it, there have been these sort of what we call access to justice websites that have existed since even the internet was founded. A lot of uh, state governments have these very simple websites that give you legal advice. But on the flip side, they're the worst design websites you could ever imagine. Um, every design principle is just completely uh, implemented poorly. And so we wanted to have design as our number one priority. And so we brought this amazing designer, Alex, in-house. 
and we really hold ourselves to really high standards with the design. Yeah, I, I can tell if you if you're if you're listening to the to this uh, recording, uh, definitely uh, click into the show notes. The app is beautiful, and the whole website is beautiful, and it also it's beautiful because it saves us all money, which is which is fantastic. Uh, something I, I want to move into now is going a little bit away from uh, from do not pay and more just into into your mind a little bit. Like I'm kind of curious, you know, you built this this incredible app. You're in technology, you know, in startups. I'd love to know um, kind of what movements or what uh, what industries or what happenings in the tech world or just in the world in general are interesting to you and um, whether or not you're involved with them. Kind of what's interesting to you out there in tech and startups right now? So uh, do not pay it automates a lot for consumers, but in tech more broadly, I think RPA, robotic process automation is really um, going to take over every industry. Um, I think that... Um, you know, on, in collections, a lot of big companies uh, should be automating their paperwork. A lot of uh, fact, faxes is still like a huge multi-billion dollar industry. And so I think that the world will shift even more to this automation. And that's what really interests me. So you think that this, this repetitive uh, kind of documents, uh, repetitive anything will eventually get automated away and uh, it'll just, we'll have a more efficient world? I think so. And I think that could be a bit scary. A lot of people get away with a lot of things because of the inefficiency in the world, including me. Yeah, well, I'm actually reading a book right now. Um, well, uh, I just started it. I'm only a, a couple pages, I guess a couple chapters in. It's called, uh, uh, what's it called? It's about jobs. It's about bullshit. It's called bullshit jobs. And it makes the argument that many jobs are jobs simply because we are trying to just keep people busy, but the jobs don't actually have to exist. Um, and that's, I, I would say, largely because of because of automation. I'm kind of interested as you're in this space. Um, do you have any thought on what life looks like in 20, 30 years? Let's say when most of the jobs or some of the jobs are automated away. Like, what do you think society looks like, uh, and what do you think work looks like, or is there a basic income or something like that? So I have a contrarian opinion on this. It's, I actually disagree with a lot of the futurists that say that AI will replace a lot of the jobs. I think that a lot of new jobs will be created that are much more um, fulfilling. And um, if you want a job in the future, you can definitely find one. For example, at Do Not Pay, we hire uh, people who write, we have chatbots that uh, talk about a lot of the legal issues with our consumers automatically. We have people that write these bots. And 10 years ago, you could never have imagined a job that would exist that would have that title. And so I think yeah. similarly in the future, there'll be many more jobs that are created. And um, when ATMs first came out, everyone said bank tellers would uh, disappear, but bank tellers still exist. And in fact, it's even growing industry. Yeah, absolutely. It's a refreshing mindset where oftentimes, you know, including myself, I feel like a lot of us are, it's doom and gloom, you know, jobs are going away, basic income, but I would love to see jobs pop up that we never could even imagine. And I'm sure that will be the case hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So, I was, sorry, go on. Oh no, 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 go for it. Yeah. I was chatting with my friend. He runs this amazing company called marble and what they do is they replace uh, kiosks, uh, sorry, cashiers at restaurants. So you can order your food and then it just comes to the table. And we were discussing this and he said that, um, so many successful people actually started uh, their jobs in fast food and, one could imagine that if when these cashierless robots replace uh, jobs in restaurants, how many more successful people building great things there could be. 
Ooh, I like that. That's uh, that's an interesting perspective. I'm kind of uh, want to keep going down that line. Um, what are some that you just mentioned a company that's that that is also building building the future? I'm curious, like what other companies out there right now um, interest you? Uh, they could be big companies, they could be super small startups. Um, but are there any, are there any that that pique your interest a little more than, than average? Yeah, there's this amazing company. It's called Very Good Security. It's a great name and also a great company. And what they do is um, they're building AWS for security. And on the surface, security can sound really boring. But I think in the past year, 50% of Americans had their credentials or data hacked. And so it's something that's really, I think it's one of the biggest challenges. And so um, building a mass market security product is, is really big. And I think Very Good Security will be a big company. That's a fantastic name, uh, and it, it describes what it is perfectly, <laughs> which is which is awesome. Yeah, typically um, developers to get security, you'd have to like hire these. You'd have to hire like five engineers, and it would cost maybe like a couple hundred thousand dollars, and it would just take up all the time. Their thing can do it in like two minutes, and we use them at Do Not Pay. And people always ask us, "How did you get like PCI compliance?" which is like all of these obscure compliance certifications so quickly. And that's how we do it. Got it. That's good to know. I'll, I'll look them up. Maybe I can have a, uh, one of the founders on, on the podcast. So what would you say is in the last three years of building Do Not Pay, you've had, you've had um, you know, a good amount of success. You have a great product. I'd love to to know some of the learnings that you have come across while building the product, maybe something that wasn't expected from a user or something like that. Like what have you learned on this journey of building out this incredible application? I think the biggest thing I've learned is that um, distribution is the main thing that matters. So you could have the best product in the world, but if you don't have a way of reaching people, then um, it doesn't matter. And so do not pay consumers don't really see this, but we're always investing in distribution, unique distribution ways. The common phrase is that 40% of all VC money goes to like Facebook and Google. And so we actually spend zero on paid marketing, but do a lot of unique tactics to actually get our users. For example, whenever someone complains on social media, sometimes we have do not paid bots chime in and say, I can solve your issue. Um, similarly, we've been investing a lot in content so that, uh, you know, if you search some of these problems on Google, you can find our services. And so distribution is the most important thing as an entrepreneur. It's what I've learned. Yeah, there's that quote that first, that it says something like first time founders focus on product, second time founders focus on distribution. Because <laughs> that, that, is, that is the key. Yeah, and I would even go a step further. I think uh, one of our VCs said this, that the battle for the startup is can the... Uh, incumbent get distribution before the sorry can the incumbent get innovation before the startup gets distribution mm. so what this means is like can wells fargo have a nice looking app before a chime bank can spread their app to everyone in america that's an interesting comparison i feel like that's very accurate thanks for sharing that so i i have a couple more questions for you this is really really interesting and uh, i uh, I want to go back to do not pay. Um, I, I ask this sometimes to guess. Um, I forget sometimes, unfortunately, but I'd love to know like the, the name uh, um, do not pay uh, is, is that kind of uh, is the premise for, for what you're doing kind of for as long as you can think of to just be able to save consumers money and, and help us fight 
against the corporations or, or if you can describe the the name a little bit if there's anything deeper i'd love to get some insight into that yeah so i i've been working on this company since i was 17 and i actually came up with the, with the name uh, during a really boring class in high school and the reason i came up with it is because all of these big companies are trying to make you pay as much as possible they have teams of people sitting in offices around the world just brainstorming how to extract as much money from you. And so we're trying to provide the opposite of that. And people are so tick, sick and tired of paying these huge like parking tickets and stuff that it really resonates with people. A secondary benefit is our first domain was do not pay.co.uk. So it rhymes. Mm, nice. I like that. You said that you started working on this when you were 17. So you were, you, you were a pretty young founder. Do you have any tips, um, for other young founders listening on how to um, break in and, and compete with, with older founders and older companies in, in, a, in a market? My biggest advice is to use your biggest advantage, which is that you're not prejudiced by, the, uh, by having this uh, by, by your age. So maybe if you're a lawyer for 30 years, you would be so prejudiced that you wouldn't launch a product like this because you think about the regulations and stuff like that. So my advice would be to ignore all of that and launch as quickly as possible. That is great advice. And uh, the, the, the last question that I have for you before we wrap it up, is there are tons of people, whether they're 17, 37, 50, 12, you know, whatever the age is listening to this podcast that have a problem that they want to solve, that they want to dig into, but they don't necessarily know the best first step, how to do it. What advice would you have to just any, any potential founder who wants to get started but doesn't necessarily know how? My best advice would be that it's, it's an amazing time to be alive in terms of how quickly you can get these tools up. There are amazing no-code tools like Webflow where you can build MVPs. And so just use all of these great tools to uh, build an MVP as quickly as possible. I could never have imagined that Do Not Pay would actually be a company. I just built it for my friends and it was only through building it very quickly did I realize the potential. And so that's my advice. Just get started and use these no-code tools. Or right. if you're a coder, use, the, use uh, your coding language. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you all heard it here first from Joshua. Joshua, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I think what you're building is genius, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it grows and helping me save a little money in the process. Thank you so much. <laughs>